0: This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, uh-huh. and of course, yeah. athletes in the struggle, yo, trying to make a y'all, y'all. some get a little, some, some get none, shit, I was part of the, some, some get none, none. Oh. yeah, yeah, wow, so, it's been an interesting, interesting week so far, well, for the most part, it has been, uh, We ran into a lot of different things. Obviously, um, we have seen several things happening in sports, one of them being the NBA trade deadline that just went by. Uh, We're recording today on Friday, so it happened on Thursday. Um, Many, many, many interesting things have happened since then. So I'm just going to lead it off with a few of the trades that went down. Um, but before I go too far, uh, this is your host once again, Despain. Welcome to Sports Talk with Despain. Um, much appreciated to those who have supported me, or shared, liked, retweeted, whatever the case may be. The link. Um, I know it's gonna take a while for a lot of people to actually consistently show support, but whether they do or not, that'll be you know I'm still gonna do this. I'm gonna probably record 200 episodes even if I get one play. Or 1,000 plays. It's still going to happen because I fucks with this shit. I love talking sports. I love doing podcasts. I just I just love, you know, something that I'm passionate about. Um, I don't know if any of y'all ever listened to my other podcasts, but, um, I, uh, you know, I have had, like, a slight background in broadcast communications because <laughs> I actually went at 18 years old when I went to college, um... Besides wanting to be a student athlete, I also went for my first semester, I did um, classes and I was majoring in broadcast communications because my dream was to be a sports broadcaster or on the radio. because um, I all through my teens, all I did was listen to baseball on the radio, the Celtics on the radio. like I was like a pure like sports almanac at one point. Shit, I used to read sports almanacs, so I was such a nerd to it. Obviously, when you get older, you kind of like um, you're not really too closely invested every single time because you have to go to work and you gotta have a life. Some of us has families, I don't, but um, some of us has kids. So you, you, your focus is a little different. And you don't really focus 100, percent but best believe I don't miss a lot of you know, what's going on in the sports um, atmosphere. Um, as far as, you know, for me, I'm seasonal when it comes to sports. Like, basketball is gonna, it's going going into basketball season for me. Um, I, I don't really get too invested within the first 50-odd games that play bec- before the All-Star game because I'm very much more invested into the NFL um, and football in general. Um, and then once... The Super Bowl's over. Then I'm full blown all into the, the NBA. I'm all into the the hoop love of it all. Um, NBA is like a freaking soap opera throughout the whole entire week, while the NFL is just a soap opera for the freaking weekend. So it's 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 exciting. It's cool. And um, but uh, yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of a background of why I have started this. This is not out of the blue. This is something that's been. In the talks in the works for so long, and it's just like um, I had e, um, E-Man on last week. He, like he said, it's 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 a it's a grind. It's it's definitely something you just don't you don't just pick up a mic and get a laptop and start doing that shit. Like you really have to be completely invested, completely consistent, completely all in, and you know you just got to be willing to. Um make the sacrifice of taking a, a couple hours out your day to even uh, to record um, what you're passionate about. So um, I say that to say this, I'm completely passionate about the NFL and the NBA. Again, there's going to be other sports I'm going to um, definitely dab into. I just need to be more um, educated in them. I'm completely transparent about that. Um, which will take some time, and it will also take the right people for me to be speaking to about. Um, so uh, we're just going to move on from there. That was just a little intro. I got a little, I went on a little bit of a tangent. But, um, yeah, the NBA trade deadline just passed, and also the NBA um, all-star selections. So it's a, lot, <laughs> it's a lot going on in the NBA right now. There was a whole week of rumors and drama and whatever you want to call it but um we're going to start off with probably the biggest trade of the of the week of the day of the year <laughs> it was um the 76ers finally getting rid of Ben Simmons and acquiring James Harden um they had to unload a few other guys with Ben um Seth Curry, Andre Drummond and two first rounders um i'm going to get more into that trade afterwards i think that was a very big trade for Both teams, I don't think, I think both teams won the trade, but I want to get into it on how I feel for their future um, a little later on during this. Um, And then we had another big trade. It was um, Sabonis got traded from the Pacers um, for Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And I thought that trade was going to be something of what the Pacers would kind of swing Heald for someone else, and I think they had that idea. Um, uh, they also got Tristan Thompson and Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday also left, um, got traded from Indiana. So that was a pretty big trade. A lot of players were involved in this one. Um, I think, I thought that Heald would get swung back in another trade, but um, I don't. I, I, I all I can really say here is I think both teams also won on this one. I mean, in the for the long term, Pacers are looking good. Like I know Sabonis is um, locked in on a long term deal, so the Kings can revolve their team around him as a true star with Fox um, at the point. But um, I like I like Halliburton. Um, if I'm saying his name incorrectly, just you know, by all means, let me know. <laughs> uh, but I, I really like the kid. He's uh, he's one of those um, type of players that, you know, come with a lot of excitement, big-time playmaker, um, and he was the rookie of the year last year. So it was interesting to see that um, they even gave up on Not gave up. I'm not going to say they gave up on him, but they just, you know, they were willing to um, unload him in order to get the rights of Sabonis. I mean, the the Kings know better than I do what they want to do with that. And they're currently in the mix as far as for that bottom that bottom half to enter the um, the playing tournament. So this will be interesting to see how they um, how they do with this. But uh, they kept quite a few guys to build o- build around Sabonis and and Fox. So this will be fun to watch. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. How that team grows going forward, their owner has invested a lot in their mm-hmm. um, their arena um, mm-hmm. in trying to bring winning basketball back to the king, to Sacramento, which I don't know. It's kind of it's going to be tough, you know. That's not a market that is very popular, mm-hmm. um, but that was. I think Indiana is definitely building for their future as well. Mm-hmm. They 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 look like they were on tank mode, but. I know. They, they it looks like you know, they they're building pieces around who they have. They might make some moves in the offseason to unload some cash and or just simply just build a young core um with that trade. And then earlier in that in this week we had um CJ McCollum. He got traded from the Blazers to the Pelicans and I really like this trade a lot. Um they also got Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell um in exchange for Josh Hart and um, Alexander Walker in a first-rounder. I love this trade a lot because, first and foremost, you pair him up with B.I., Brandon Ingram, uh, and that's a veteran presence that that team may definitely need, especially when Zion finally comes back from the injured list. Um, So you kind of do need that in the West. You need need a, a veteran guy who's been there before, who could kind of teach these guys the rope? So I, I really like that trade. Um, the next trade I'm going to go over is the Wizards um, acquiring Kristaps Porzingis, and um, they they swung around Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Burtons. Um, it's interesting. Like I believe in the beginning of the week um, there was rumors of um, Dinwiddie um, not having a very good um, locker room presence with his teammates. So it's not surprising it's not it's not a surprise to see this. The team is the team is the Wizards themselves, um, they started off hot and now they like they cooled off a lot. Like they're not even right now, they fell out of the top ten. Um, while they were for at one point in the season they were actually the number one seed in the in the East, but that was like eons ago. That was probably like freaking early December. So Um, but that's, that, that, to me, that was a, I don't know who really won that trade. Uh, it's yet to be seen. I like Perzingis when he's extremely healthy and and extremely, like, into, um, all in with his teams that he's playing with and being the guy. So maybe this is an opportunity for him to be the guy over with the Wizards, a new start for him, not having to play under, um, Doncic, um. Under Doncic's, you know, the the, his aura. So it's like it's interesting. You know, with basketball, it's interesting to see like that's just how it kind of be for like some stars. Um, They get paired up with who people think may fit their needs, and it really does not end up being the case. Um, There were several other trades. Uh, Lavert got traded from um, Indiana. Uh, to the Cavs, I think that was my favorite trade out of all the trades, besides the the Harden trade, because that the Cavs definitely needed some some other you know scorer in their back in their backcourt um, besides uh, who uh, besides who they have now. So um, you know it it works in their favor. Uh, it's a young team. They're third in the East. They're they're climbing. Uh, having that additional scorer to pair up with, Jared Allen as their rim protector, a young Mobley uh, in there, they have a veteran like Kevin Love, Darius Garland in their back in their backfield. Like you, you're building up something real nice, even with Rajon Rondo as a veteran coming off the bench. Like that's a good team. Uh, uh, it looks like a good team on paper. It looks like a good team on the court, um, as long as they can keep it together. You know it's 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 you know it's not it's not expected of them to be world uh trailblazers out here you know what i'm saying um no pun no pun intended um and them missing Colin Sexton for a year that that kind of sucks but it's like it's a beautiful thing to see that they're they're willing to invest and be buyers instead of sellers in um this year's market in the NFL there was other trades Again, like I said, like the Celtics, we'll, we'll, we'll speak on the home team. They made two trades. I'm sorry, they made three trades. Um, they acquired Derek White from the Spurs for Josh Richardson and um, Romeo Langford and a first-round first round pick and a future first-round pick swap. Um, they also um, traded away Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom, and Bruno Fernando for Daniel Tice. So they bring him back home. Um, originally from the Celtics. Uh, They also traded away Bolbo, PJ, Dowser, and a future second rounder in cash for a second round pick. Um, Which I knew that was going to happen. They were going to do something of the sorts because I believe what their intentions are is that they want to um, they want to be this is all a money move for them. Getting rid of all those guys. They want to get under the tax. And, you know, Stuff, uh, stuff a fan does not give two shits about, but it may be important this summer, this, depending on what ends up happening with, um, Jalen Brown and whether he or not, whether or not he's going to be staying or whether or not Marcus Smart is going to be staying. They do have some trade, um, trade exception, um, cash in the trade ex- exception. They also have a, uh, max contract slot as well. So they they do have. Some room for improvement going forward into the the off season, but at the m- current moment, I mean, the moves they made may be important. They do have a couple of roster spots that they could fill. Um, m- they may dabble into the um, the buyout market. Whomever decides to buy out out of their contracts after their trades, um, Montreal's Harold got traded from the Wizards to the Hornets. I love that trade too. Um, For both teams, Wizards get Ish Smith back. That's who they had before. Um, Montrez is going to a young um, Hornets team that definitely needs a veteran presence, somebody who shows a little bit of attitude on both ends of the court um, in a a former sixth man of the year. So a very good trade, in my personal opinion, there too. Um, There was another trade with the Kings acquiring – DiVincenzo, Genzo, um, Trey Lay- Lies, and Josh Jackson. I'm sure these, some of these guys may or may not stay. They're young, young players. Um, but they gave up uh, Marvin Bagley to the Pistons. Serge Ibaka was also part of that trade. It was a three-team trade that swung Serge Ibaka to the Bucks, um, and uh, Rodney Hood and S- Semi Ojeley went to the Clippers. So those were like some of the trades that I highlighted. Um, the most, and it was also a trade the Clippers made. They acquired Norman Powell and Robert Coving- Covington um, from the Blazers for uh, Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson in the second-round pick. Um, that, those trades that the Clippers are making just tells me that they're anticipating that they're not getting Kawhi or Paul George back for the rest of the year. They're going to ride it with the guys they currently have and the new acquisitions. Um so with all that being said, um crazy day in the NBA last year last uh, last night uh, yesterday afternoon, excuse me, um there was about uh 56 players traded. 22 teams were involved and there was 15 trades made. And then there was like about 24 draft picks being swapped around. <laughs> um, there was a few teams that didn't get involved whatsoever: um, the Bulls, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Warriors, Grizzlies, Nuggets, Timberwolves, and the Lakers. Um, that and, th- and this leads to my next, you know, part of this little segment: um, the losers in the trade market this year, I think, were definitely the Lakers. Um, they could have definitely. It would have been hard for them to get rid of Russ, and I know they were uh, – Horton Tucker was in a lot of talks, but the team is slow, the team is old, and they need pieces. Uh, another team that I thought was uh, losers in the, the deadline was also the Hawks. They had guys they could have swung. They definitely had guys they could have swung. Um, they At this point, they definitely need to focus on revolving um, – you know, revolving players around, um, revolving players around young, so that he can, you know, be who he is. And I know they have a lot of shooters. They have a great little nucleus that pushed it to the limit last year. But they're they're teetering at the very bottom of the East and at the very bottom of that top ten in the East. So it's like this is an opportunity for you to grow and get some a viable, you know. Veterans that could shoot just as well as the guys they currently have, and you know they already invested in a lot of these guys, and they might need to free up some cash because the last thing you want to do is <laughs> be all in with all these guys, and then your team is in the current situation they are, where they're like three or four games under 500, and you know what you, what ends up happening is you're gonna be in a situation like um, like they have with Damian Lillard. Um, back in Portland like the your your star players gonna be exhausted they they're not winning they want to go home they want to do they want to be in a winning culture a consistent winning culture so um I think those two teams definitely should have did something I'm not too worried about the Nuggets not making any moves because they got some guys coming back from injury uh the Grizzlies that's not a team I would make changes there Warriors wouldn't make a change there Knicks they it's going to be it's it's a for a team that's so attractive to go to because it's in the the mecca of basketball at Madison Square Garden and just the aura of it all is it's not appealing um they that's a team they need to they need to find ways to attract free agents that's just what it is at this point um but those teams um don't think i don't think a lot of those teams needed to make moves besides the lakers and maybe even the hawks but going back to like the winners of um the nba deadline i want to say the kings i feel like they were winners even though they came off as sellers they were also buyers so they 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 were looking at their current situation and their future situation um also want to say uh pelicans were a winner in this deadline uh that's a major upgrade for them. Uh, I want to say Cleveland as well, uh, and I also want to say uh, I'm just looking at the list right now. There's, this, you know, there's just not a few. There's not a lot of teams that really caught my eyes. And Clippers were big winners in my personal opinion. Uh, I wouldn't say big winners, but they're winners because they they figured out they figured out their best way of adding pieces without losing major ones. Um, but going back to the original trade that we were speaking about, Harden for Ben Simmons, basically. Um, who won this trade? I think both teams won this trade. I know there's a lot of sixers fans that might feel like oh they they came up big, but they got to keep keep this in mind. Um, what they gave the Nets was a big that could off- do well on the offensive boards and and on a good on a good day. Uh, on a great day if he come if, if he plays up to his usual potential he's a double double threat at any given evening then you also gave him a, a shooter like Seth Curry that shot the lights out last year and that's i think that's something the the Nets were missing anyways because that was a team that's you know for right now they're decimated in, with injuries um at one point they were the number 1 seed now they're the freaking Eighth seed, but mainly because Harden was inconsistent for them. You get half of Kyrie for the year, and Kevin Durant hasn't played since God knows when. Um, yeah, he hasn't. Kevin Durant. I don't, I don't. I can't see when he last played, but it's been a while, and I think he's on his way back. Uh, Joe Harris hasn't played all season, so it's like majority of the season they've 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 had guys who haven't played. So once they got they get Joe Harris back and Kevin Durant can um, be Kevin Durant again, and you add Ben Simmons to the mix and let's say for let's say that New York decides to lift the the mandate on the vaccine um pretty soon, we're talking about a team that could really make a lot of noise whether you like them or not, that's gonna be a very, very dangerous team um even with Having Patty Mills in the uh, on, off the bench, like I think Ben Simmons fits that team very well, just because he's he, he I, I would hope that he understands what his kind of what kind of game he is now. Like he's a facilitating, he's a he's like a facilitating power forward, pretty much. But you he know he's going to play the point. Kyrie will stick to playing shooting guard as he was with get, when James Harden was there, and then you also have Kev, Kevin Durant, and Drummond will will. Fall right into the starting lineup with Blake Griffin, so I mean the team is going to look better than they are they did the day before, and not to say that the the Seven Sixers don't look good at all. They look they look even just as good. Getting Harden, get him back to his natural position as shooting guard, um, even though he'll still facilitate the ball, and then you know they were able to keep all their young guys um, and not you know they didn't have to give up a lot I, I in my personal opinion they did not have to give too much um to get Harden especially if he de- is he's deciding to just stick around for the next season if if it's really true that he's going to sign and ex- um extend for another year with them and bypass uh free agency for this summer I I both teams definitely want the trade and that's and that's my opinion to that and um but it it gets a little <laughs> gets a little spicier with uh the whole drama between, you know, Ben and you know his current team with M- him and B's relationship just ever since that playoff series, it's just been shit and then, I mean I'm sure it was kind of like a little messy before that, but it's just it's just a shame, you know. You you bring you, you invested on a first round pick on two guys that, you know, they they've been through a lot them too you know they they started both their careers injured and then when they finally were healthy perennial all-stars perennial all-pros um perennial defensive uh all defensive team players you know what i'm saying like these are these both these guys are amazing players um unfortunately ben was is, has been in his head since the playoff series and i don't know if it's cuz the fan base has gotten to his head or he has no support from his teammates, and he has no support from Doc. All those things are a possibility. I don't know. Uh, we, the real story will come out from Ben's mouth, not from us. Um, as far as Harden goes, um, reports are that him and Kyrie weren't, weren't really seeing eye to eye, in which I, I'm not surprised because Kyrie has already has a reputation as a teammate to other players, especially other star players. And funny enough, he had a great relationship with a lot of Celtics players, which I was—that's uh, still kind of shocking to me. Um, but I'm—I'm sure because those guys were super young. But when you when you throw a Harden in the mix, it, it does make things a little hard because that's a veteran man. Like when you're a veteran, you come to a team, you you're stuck in your ways with certain things. But when you're stuck when you're brought into a team with other superstars, the treatment is hard to. Um, spread out between the 3 of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Like Kevin Durant is a 1 for that that franchise. We all know that. And then Kyrie was their A2 cuz that's the two guys they they invested in first. And then you have Kevin Durant vouch for James Harden to come in there, and James Harden was begging to get out of Houston. And then when he when that's finally been finally happens, I don't know, maybe the New York the New York media pressure or the pressure being in New York definitely caught up to Harden eventually and not to say it affected his game, but cause he had to, you know, somebody has to compromise, you know what I'm saying? And he was the one to do so when it came down to it. And I thought he was down and down for the role he was playing, but you know, we see it now, it's not working out. He's out of there, he's in Philly, and Ben is in in Brooklyn. It's gonna work out for both franchises the drama is going to is going to quiet down until the playoffs <laughs> when both players uh show themselves once again as we truly believe they are um as players excuse me so um again it, it was it's very interesting and then to to make the tea even hotter uh during the all-star selections <laughs> Kevin Durant uh instead of choosing who we believe is his uh, friend as his final pick for his all-star team, he chose Rudy Gobert, which is very interesting and um, led to a lot of laughs on TNT. And I think it's just funny. And, and you know, both guys are going to be fine. I, I don't, I'm don't, i not worried about it. I'm happy for Simmons being able to leave there, and he's going to be playing with his um, uh, Olympic teammate, uh, Patty Mills. Harden will be uh, – Back to his role being the the A the one B to the one to Embiid's one A, um, in the games that Embiid can't play because you know Harden's a very durable player uh, when his his hamstring's not you know popping out of it's <laughs> off the bone, he's a very um, consistent durable player um, for Philly, so I, I can see it all working out for those guys. Um, so yeah, that it was the trade deadline went down and then we also had the selections. I'm not going to really get into the selections cuz, you know, it's not that deep. I don't really I don't really care for the All-Star Game selections. It's really trash to me, to be honest with you. That's my opinion. Um is the All-Star Game exciting? Yes. Uh is it worth watching? Yeah, it is. Is it an expedition? Yes. So why would I give a fuck about it? You know what I'm saying? Just like the Pro Bowl that went by this weekend. Don't give two shits about that either. Like, there was players that were being, that were selected as reserves that shouldn't be reserves. So it's like, it makes it so much more unattractive. It's a touch football game. There's nothing no, nothing exciting about it unless you're going to bet money on there. There's no point. Uh, and I say that to say this, we're going to move on to the NFL. Some great stuff happened there as well. Uh, we had the NFL Honors last night as well. Um, NFL Honors. Uh, we had a lot of players winning awards this year. Um, we're going to start off with, before I get to the NFL Honors, I want to speak on like the, the Hall of Famers that finally got in, uh, which um, one of them that made me the happiest was being that I'm a Packers fan and I've been rooting for him to get that opportunity for so long, uh, Leroy Butler finally made it into the Hall of Fame. And it's about goddamn time. <laughs> like LeBron would say, it's about goddamn time. Uh, Leroy Butler made it in there and I, I'm a, and for a lot of people who don't know, he was the originator of the Lambeau Leap. For those who did not know, he is the originator. Uh, and... He he before his – him before all the rest of the, the safeties we have seen throughout the years I've made it in, he was f- the first of many. He was the first to, you know, make noise with um, high sack numbers at that, that position, high interception numbers at that position. Like he did a lot of stuff from that, that, you know, besides like a Ronnie Law and a John Lynch and all those guys, he was one of those versatile – um, safeties, and that was a noticeable name for all of the mid to late '90s. Um, Tony Baselli, another um, another uh, that's the first Jaguar to make it to the Hall of Fame. Another like lifer of a franchise who made it in. Um, he was um, an All-Pro, a Pro Bowler with the with the Jaguars, and he was also, I believe, their first ever pick when they expanded um, with the Jacksonville Jags. Um, he made it in. We have Cliff Branch, of the Raiders, another lifer, uh, great receiver for them. Uh, he got his postmortem uh, induct, induction, which was it's amazing to see. Uh, we also have Saint Mills. He also made it in, middle linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, and he did a few. In he uh, joined the Panthers when they uh, expanded to the league. Um, he also inducted postmortem. Um, then uh, this one in particular that I liked was seeing Richard Seymour fi- finally get his induction. Cause you know what the, the the craziest thing is like that New England Patriots dynasty, for as great as they are, they they will they won't have a lot of guys go in, but he's one of those guys that definitely deserved it. Um, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, you know he was just so dominant between during their first three championships. Um, and I know I've, I've been hearing like certain conversations about there should be more guys from those dynasties to make it in. I believe Ty Law's in there now. It, it's, uh, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yes, there's six championships, but only three out of those six championships really had the guys. Like The first three ones, three had like some guys that you could really argue to be in the conversation to being Hall of Famers uh same goes for um the the last three we can't really speak on that cuz it was a is a mis- miscellaneous of guys that made it to that team made it to the super bowl with that team uh but we're it's yet to be seen you know Brady just retired we still have Gronkowski playing and when he retires he'll have his opportunity to see the hall of fame um so that's that's I wanted to talk about that cuz it it was just interesting to see that finally there's a new england patriot besides Ty Law <laughs> to make it in. Um, let me double check on Ty Law. I, I do believe Ty Law is a Hall of Famer, but I mean, I don't want to be wrong. But I believe he's one of um, one of the past patriots to be a Hall of Famer. But uh, let me double check that. Yep, he did. He inducted a couple years ago, so I was right. So yeah, Ty Law, he's in there. Um, so that's one of the few. Uh, Dick Vermeil. He got in as a coach, Bryant Young. I remember watching Bryant Young throughout the '90s, just going bonkers for the Niners, um, especially against my Packers. Uh, congratulations to all those guys being inducted to the Pro Bowl Hall, of, the Pro Football Hall, Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Excuse me. Wow, thinking about the Pro Bowl uh, so much because I really didn't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, and with that being said, um, I'm gonna go over all the. Winners, uh, we start off with uh, defensive player of the year, Pittsburgh Steelers pass rusher TJ Watt. Well deserved, very well deserved. He he was very, very close to breaking that record. Although, unlike those before him, he had an extra game to be able to accomplish that, but that would have still been a great feat because if it doesn't matter how many games it takes you, it's really hard to get t- 20 sacks in a season, regardless. Um, because even if you want to count 16 games he still got I believe 21 or 20 and a half or 21 sacks in 16 games. Like that's impressive. Like NBC beyond that he has he, he he must be in the top 3 in passes um, passes defended, which is he bats a lot of balls down. Um, very active on on the defensive end on the pass game and the run game. So congratulations to him, AP offensive rookie of the year. Um, Jamir Ch- Chase, um, and I told y'all before I'm bad at these names. Sometimes, like these games are these names are kind of crazy. Jamir Chase. The only reason I know how to say Jam- I would I would know how to correct myself is because I hear it. But that's just <laughs> that name be wild sometimes. Jamir. Uh, that's your know, like. I feel like that's like a typical football name. Jamir, Jamir Chase. But yeah, congratulations to him. I know a lot of. uh Mac Jones fans expected him to win, um, but the kid was, this kid Chase was just too electric. He was too consistently electrifying all year. Like you can't even debate about that. Like Mac Jones needed, needs a little bit, like for a quarterback to win that award, you really have to put up like Aaron Aaron Rodgers numbers. So Mac Jones was not even close to putting up those type of numbers. He didn't even put up the same type of numbers Justin Herbert put up last year. So it's like, for him to get that, that's like, I would have been so disappointed that they would have snubbed Chase for that. Um, Cooper Cup won Offensive Player of the Year, well deserved. He he hit the triple crown with um, in all passing major passing categories, receiving categories. Excuse me, um, and he had a chance of breaking some records himself. We have a unanimous p- um, selection for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Mika, um, Micah Parsons, and here I go again fucking up names. Micah Parsons, he won um, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then um, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, that was the only one I didn't fuck with that much. I should, I thought it was going to be Dak. And I believe it should have been Dak. Because I don't think, come on man, like, and, and, and this is no disrespect to Joe Burrow. Congratulations to that man. He He's a fucking beast regardless. But, yo, like, what Dak had to – what he had to endure to get himself back onto the football field, mentally, physically, the whole nine, a broken – like, everybody in America saw him break his ankle. Like, that was that shit's fucking disgusting, what happened. Like, not to say tearing your ACL, your MCL, and those major ligaments on your knee is um, easy to come back from. It definitely is not. It's really hard to come back from those type of injuries but what Dak Prescott did and the type of numbers he put up throughout the season uh I, he, he I thought he deserved you know what I'm saying so but either way he you know congratulations to Joe Burrow on that one uh you know not to say he didn't deserve it I just thought Dak Prescott definitely needed, deserved it more um also coach of the year Mike Vrabel I think it's well deserved. I personally would have gave it to Bill Belichick um, because of the work he did to um, pretty much he coached a young rookie quarterback in a team a team full of free agencies that he got in he was the one who was able to get those guys in. And on top of that, you know, with how they how well they played. From October to the beginning of December, like that was that team was extremely dominant for a little bit, and um, I thought he deserved it. But Mike Vrabel definitely coached through a lot of adversity with how the team, how injured the team was, and um, being the number one seed and all those great things. So, congratulations to him. And my the last but not least. Uh, the the most valuable player in the NFL once again is Aaron Rodgers, and I've said it before, and I think pe- I think a lot of people just get it all fucked up when I when they think, okay, Jeff's a Packers fan, he's gonna be a high, high defending his boy, and I'm like, it has nothing to do with me defending Aaron Rodgers. When you see greatness, you gotta appreciate greatness. Like I don't like how certain people will. Um, overanalyze somebody's greatness for the sake of, you know, their own personal opinion. Like, I think that's trash. Like, don't tell me you like, you think somebody doesn't deserve, uh, deserve any kind of kudos or deserve his flowers because they only have one Super Bowl. That's super, that's super, that's super trash. Besides, besides fucking Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, um Ben Roethlisberger, and Tom Brady. We have no other quarterbacks with multiple <laughs> fucking Super Bowls in the NFL, and that's a fact. And that's a fact. So for for a lot of people to sit there cuz I think before those four guys, it was fucking Joe Montana uh Joe Montana, John Elway, and Troy Aikman. And I can't really think of anybody else who had multiple chips. So it's like it's already hard enough to get one. It's hard enough to get two. It's extremely hard to get more than two, as we can see. Tom Brady is a, is, made it seem like it's easy to get six and seven, just the same way as Michael Jordan and, and Mike Magic Johnson made it easy to, look, to get five to six championships. No, it's not. First and foremost, longevity plays a part. Second of all, in an ultimate team sport like the NFL, you need all pieces to all pieces need to be working all at once. If you you could be the you could be the greatest quarterback that season, but if you can't def- if your defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed, the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing for the rest of the season? You're gonna be on the couch. <laughs> Offseason, you'll be in the couch. You know how many times we've seen Drew Brees putting up crazy numbers and his team was out in the first round, or better yet, going eight and eight. Or Matt Ryan having a fucking MVP season and then his team is seven and nine. It's not easy. Like, I don't get how people are so um, uptight. And I get it. You know, guys like Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady, they they make it hard for other quarterbacks to um, – they make it hard. They do make it hard. They They, they make it hard for you to judge them because – if, you know, especially when you're trying to compare anybody to Brady, you're gonna just give them. You're gonna you're gonna make them seem like they ain't shit. Like, oh, you, you, the first thing you'd say, oh, that guy was trash. Okay, why do you think he's trash? Well, well, Tom Brady did this. Well, oh, motherfucker, Tom Brady's the only of his kind. Let's let's take him out of there. Let's take Tom Brady out the equation because it's easy to do that because he's on he's on a pedestal on his on, for, on his own there's a lot of other guys who are in in especially we've seen it now these guys who these young guys who've been who made it to the playoffs this year they may not ever see a championship or they might or Joe. This, this might be Joe Burrow's only championship opportunity who fucking knows or Stafford does that make them trash no they're doing something a lot of quarterbacks wish they could do but you know what that's just how it is uh that's that twitter debate twitter uh opinion Everything's uh, everything's subjective for a lot of people. Twitter bullshit. Everybody thinks like everybody's trash if they're not the the goat, <laughs> the quote unquote goat. So it's like you know what I'm saying. I ain't trying to hear all that, motherfucker. Like I ain't hear that. I ain't trying to hear that. I'm sorry, and I, I forgot to mention Russell West, Russell Wilson made it twice to Super Bowl, which is amazing. But it's like, come on, guys. Like, let's be honest. Who? How many? How many of those fucking quarterbacks are you seeing doing this? How many quarterbacks are winning more than 3 MVPs? Like, let's be uh, are we serious right now? Like, people are really serious right now. But anyways, congratulations to Aaron Rodgers. Um I don't know if this is it for him. Um if he decides to leave Green Bay, it was amazing to watch him do what he did. Um I don't think he can do it ever, anywhere else, not to be not to sound like a bitter individual, but just to be honest with you, like it just it will be really hard for him to duplicate what he has done in Green Bay somewhere else, especially if he decides to go to the AFC. There's way too much competition there. The NFC just got even easier with Tom Brady retiring. Um, um, obviously, you know there is some up and coming teams, but the Packers own that division. They that division has got a bunch of teams that's rebuilding. The last thing you want to do is leave a good situation. Um, so I really do hope he, he can cons- if he considers continuing his career. I do hope that he settles in and you know changes his mind and you know sticks with stick with the franchise. Give give the give the fans a couple more years of your career and you know we'll be we'll be happy. You know what I'm saying. Um, I like I said I don't agree with a lot of his personal you know opinions. And I don't need to agree with it to like him as a football player. So that's that. Um, I think it's a shame that a lot of people use that as their fuel to the fire to hate someone. And those would be the same people who are like rooting for Tom Brady and he had a MAGA hat in his locker. Does it matter did he have a MAGA hat in his locker? No, because that's his personal choice to support who he was supporting at the time. But to for me for for an individual to say I don't like this guy because he had a maga hat that's kind of corny you know what I'm saying you don't know who the fuck is liking what in politics around you so the last thing you want to do is sit there and be that guy you know what I mean so um so basically yeah th- th- that's pretty much how the sports world was this week um very interesting stuff happened exciting uh you know, uh, the way we expect it to be around this time because it's about it's about to it's the Super Bowl this coming Sunday, and then we also have the N- NBA All- star weekend coming up next weekend, um, which is a big deal for the NBA every single season. Um, it'll be exciting to watch um, both those things unfold. A lot of great rematches happening. We just had the Sun's bucks last night and the suns prevailed and um, I'm definitely excited to see. The first matchup against the Nets and the Sixers, I, I'm I'm there for all that drama. I am there, and then I'm also there for the Super Bowl. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this by saying this because um, we're gonna move on to our next segment, segment. I'm gonna we're gonna get into some betting um, conversations, but I'm gonna leave this by saying this. Um, I do truly believe the Rams will win the Super Bowl um I truly do believe that my my pick for MVP will be Aaron Donald and I do believe that score will be about 31 hmm, 17 Rams. Uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be mostly the defense kicking some ass most of the game cuz that front that front seven of the Rams will control the line of scrim- scrimmage for the most part. Um I can't really see unless Unless, unless the Bengals somehow find a way to get mixing going early, and then um, take advantage of u- utilizing their other weapons like Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, and um, T. Higgins, because we know Chase will be blanketed by Ramsey all game long. As long as those three guys can pick up the pick up the slack early in the game, keep. Um, I'm not too concerned about the Ram- – I mean, if I'm the Bengals, I'm not going to sit there and be concerned about the Rams' offense because Stafford still led the league in the interceptions. You know what I'm saying? Even though he was, I think, number two in passing touchdowns, he still <laughs> led the league in the interceptions. So as, as good as he can be is as bad as he can be as well. So, um, But the Rams have a type of offensive philosophy that gives them the opportunity to control the clock and also hit you with big plays. So, um, you know, my expectations are that the defense of the Rams will keep the Rams well ahead of this, in this game. Um, the the limelight the I, I I I've been expecting the limelight to be too big for uh for Joe Burrow and that offense all year, all throughout this playoffs. And hey, I might be wrong again, but I do truly believe this time around it's gonna really catch up to them. It's a young team, man. Like it, you have to expect that you know the limelight's gonna catch up to them. You're in L.A. The Rams are waking up in their beds, not waking up in a hotel room. They're waking up in their beds all week. They're comfortable all week. You know what I'm saying? The pressure is not the pressure is on on them, but they're gonna feel comfortable having that pressure on them because they've been home for like about t- three weeks now. So I choose, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. So this will be a great game to watch. Um, it won't be as uh, uneventful as the Super Bowl of last year. But then again, who knows? It might be. <laughs> uh, while I'm watching a little bit of the previews of that game, um, we might be seeing Joe Burrow running all over the place for his life while the Rams' defense is suffocating him to death. So um, this will be fun to watch. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to hang on tight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to bring in a, a guest, and we're going to talk about sports betting for this weekend. All right. So, all right, all right Brody. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, we're going to – this is like the first time we can really talk about what's the locks. But I definitely want to um, – I want to pick your brain and, you know, ask some questions because you're more, you're more an advanced gambler than I am. And I don't know if you want to consider yourself a gambler or
1: just a sports better. Uh, I mean, however you want to spin it, you know, in sports, sports investor might be like the, you know, the politically correct term you know, if <laughs> this the right way, but you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily I probably would say I'm more of, you know, not beginner but probably novice. You know, I'm still learning every day, but um, you know, trying to perfect the craft. But you know, it's uh, um it's wow. something that you really gotta dedicate your time to. Um so and I do this part time. So it's you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that do this full time and uh make a living off of it and that's their livelihood, you know. So Um, I'm just trying to, you know, just doing it for fun, but, you know, trying to, you know, make some money at the same time. Word. So when you first, when you
0: first started doing this shit, like when you did it, you were like,
1: what what was like the first big amount you won when you did, when you first started uh, sports? Man, I remember when I first started, I was betting like $5 a game, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I was just dabbling. I didn't I didn't want to, I was scared to lose money. I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, so I didn't really want to risk a lot um to begin with, you know. So it was just kind of like, you know, if I lose, you know, five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, twenty-five bucks, you know, it wasn't a huge deal. You know what I mean? So I definitely started off really small until, you know, I was able to uh learn you know, over time and become more confident. All
0: right. Cause I know, I know when uh, I think it was what, a couple of years ago, you got me into it. I was kind of, I was kind of, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it because I was like, I hate, I'm not a big, I'm not like if you, if you swing me over to the, the casino, you give me $50, that's the $50 I'm going to spend. <laughs> but yeah. I know, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of like um, different promotions they do. And so on. So, you know, that was, you know, when you when you put it like that, it was it made it a little bit easier for me to, like, be comfortable with doing it. Um, When you when you first got into it, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you probably had other people who were already into it and they were giving you good good insight and whatnot. What kind of advice would you give? Somebody like who's very new, you know, over here in Mass, it's not greenlit for sportsbook betting, like legally yet. Obviously, there's people who do it illegally, but, you know, it is what it is. But we're like the only state, one of the only states in New England besides Vermont, and I think Rhode Island does it too, but like you have to go to an actual casino. Um, We're like the only state that's truly not doing it. So for someone who's in Massachusetts and a state that's most likely going to get sports betting out here what would be your like what is one thing you want to tell somebody who's not even who's kind of like skeptical of doing it and just not sure what to do like what would be the first thing you would tell them
1: i would say you know if you're gonna get into it you know the number one rule is just don't bet more than you can afford to lose you know if you're gonna you know do this recreationally for fun you want to watch a game you know, you want to put some money down on it, you know, bet what you can afford to lose, you know, it's not going to, you know, affect, you know, your bills or your mortgage or your rent or your car note. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't bet more than uh, what, what you can afford to lose is, is the number one thing. And, and number two, I would say, you know, this isn't a get rich, you know, um, quick Quick. scheme or not a scheme, but what I'm saying is, is like, this isn't something that you're going to get into that you think you're going to come up and get rich off of. Like, that's not how it works. Um, Gambling on sports is very difficult. Um, So, I mean, you want to do it recreationally for fun. You're out, you're with your boys or you're at home and you want to put a couple of dollars on a game, you know, you can do that. You know, but just, just, just be mindful and set your expectations that you're not, you're not going to get rich off this. There's very few people that you know um, can make a living off of this, and you know it takes time and years of experience, you know, to perfect your craft. So, what I would say is just start off small, gamble what you can, um, and just have fun with it. Um, and then you'll decide, you know, over time, you know, as you bet and as you, you know learn and you know you dabble in different you know types of bets um you know you'll you'll determine whether it's for you or not i feel you and and that's a good that's you made some
0: good you gave some good advice on that because somebody like me like i'm i'm st- i feel like i'm still new and i know we've had numerous conversations and if uh i know this is this is we're in the green room and not a lot of people a lot of people who may walk into this or listen to my episode, they can be like, who the hell is this dude? This is Jeff talking to, but um, this is one of my brothers, uh, Bobby. Uh, he lives in Philly. He's originally from this area. Um, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he gives great advice more than just, you know, bet betting and gambling and stuff. But when we do have conversations about sports, it doesn't revolve around it. Um, and I say this to say this, like, I know we've had numerous conversations, especially after the Packers lost. And, you know, it, it is a little emotional when you lose a little bit of money, especially if you had your, like throughout the day, I know you were like all in, all in. You're like, I'm all in with, um, I'm all in with the Packers. Right. And then, and then we saw how the game went and we were like, what the fuck is this? And then you you were giving me what you thought looking at it as a sports better you know what I'm saying I'm looking at it as a fan but um I say this to say this like for you right what makes you cuz I know you bet against the Patriots you're a Patriots fan you're a Celtics fan what makes you compartmentalize that part as a fan to just bet against your team or simply just don't bet towards your team like what makes you compartmentalize that part
1: Cause I think that for a lot of people that's hard. Like for me, it, sometimes it's hard for me to do that. I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think number one, you got to decide whether you're going to bet against your own team or bet your team's games mm-hmm. from from the beginning. Um, right. That's something that you got to decide from the beginning. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're trying to make money gambling on sports, you know, whether it's your team or not your team if you find an advantage or you find an angle that you're confident in, whether your team's going to lose or not, there's multiple ways to bet. You know, there's multiple ways to bet that specific game that your team is involved in. Now, if you're, if you you can say, Hey, you know what? I want to bet this game, but I'm not going to pick a winner. I'm going to pick a total. I'm, you know, I might pick a total. I might pick a prop, Um, you know, along those lines, you might decide to bet the game in a different angle, but I think you need to make that decision from jump. I think, uh, I think most people are scared. I wouldn't scared, not really scared, but like, like, like you said, it's emotional while you're watching the game. And let's say your your team's in a situation where you know, they're going to lose, you know, and it's like, here you are rooting on your team to lose, but if you're actually being real with yourself, you know, you know, your team's not going to win every single game. You know, you, you know, where, you know, you know, when they're probably going to be put in a spot where they're going to lose. Right. So, or, you know, so you just got to kind of be real with yourself and if you're willing to do that or not, but I think you right. kind of got, to draw that line in the sand from the beginning. You know what I mean? And you could either bet your team or not, or just avoid those games period, or just bet a different angle on the game. You know, you can bet a prop again, like I said, you can bet totals. There's other ways to bet, you know, a game that your team is involved in. So, you know, I would just say those two things, you know, just, just, you, you just have to be, you just have to decide from the beginning, you know, if you want to bet against your team um, or, in games that your team is involved in.
0: Right. And I, for me, like, for me, like I said, I can't really, I'm such, I'm such a fucking sports fan. Like it's hard for me to really like switch that off. Like if I'm going, I'm watching the, like maybe the Celtics, I probably would bet against them because I, I, you know, for basketball kind of a little bit easier because the longer season, you kind of, some of these teams, especially like the Celtics right now, seven game win streak. And I know you have your own little, like, um, I don't know what, what word I'm looking for, but like theories and like your own, your little th- analytics to why you would be, you would bet towards a team like that, or even like a prop on like a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. Cause you see, you see trends, right? So like for me, I probably would do it with the Celtics. But like when it comes to like NFL, it's hard for you. It's, it's unless your team is like kind of mediocre. If you have a good team, you kind of don't want to even go that far and say, "Hey, I, I expect yeah. them to hit the hit the 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 spread." You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it's it's first and foremost, it's not that easy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so. When I see that, like when I see shit like that, it makes it hard for me to like, like bet against my team. But um, what I want to ask is, like, if somebody's new to this, right? what What would you What would you say is their best bet? Like off rip? Like you want them to? Would you tell them to do money line first, their first tr- crack at it, or um, bet against the spread, or bend or you know, take the over, the under? What What would you usually? Um, Suggest for those who are
1: newcomers. That's that's a tough that's a that's a tough question. I mean, um, you know, I think you have to have some sort of an understanding of sports gambling in general to start off. I think most people need to, you know, take the initiative to educate themselves first before they decide whether they want to bet. You know, the spread, mm-hmm. bet the money line. Um, bet the total, or any other derivative like derivative meaning. You know, you're betting uh, player prop. You know, you're betting. You know, first quarter. You know, first half, full game, depending on the sport. Um, I think you kind of just need to go into it right very slowly. Um, and just learn. You know, um, there's a lot of resources out there now, um, and probably existed before I even started um, great podcasts, great, um, uh, YouTube shows, um, to where you can educate yourself, to be honest. Um, because it, again, this is not easy. This isn't, you know, get rich. You think you're going to put a hundred dollars on a game and you're going to hit everything and you're going to be, you know, a millionaire or you're going to come up, you know, quick. No, you'll, you'll be humbled really fast. You know what I mean? Uh, you, 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 you will be, you know, um, So, uh, that's what,
0: that's what I would say. But. Okay. Um, but I'm saying like, so let's, I I know it's that, that's like a, it's a little bit of a loaded like question, but it's like, what I'm saying is like, I'm, let's say I'm new and I'm, I I walk into a sports book. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just, you know, I just, I'm just curious. I just want to get into it.
1: Like, I would, yeah, I would say, I would say, but you know what it is? I think. You have to understand when you walk into a sports book and you see those lines on the board, right? And mm-hmm. you don't even know what you're doing. You're like, hey, I have fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. I'm about to put it on the game. You walk up to the to the counter, you know, and you put it on a game. You don't really know what your payout's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like you you have to understand what the what the lines are, you know, what the odds are and what and what your, you know what you're risking and what you're going to get back as a, as a, as a payout. So, but when you're, you know, that's if you're actually in a physical sports book, but if you're on your phone, it makes it kind of easier because you can say, Hey, you know what? I think I want to bet the spread and you tap on, you know, minus three and you start plugging in what you think, you know, you want to bet, let's say it's 20 bucks. And then the return is, you know, 10, you know what I mean? Or 15 or 16, depending on what the odds are, you know, and then you'll say, Hey, but the money line is like minus 200. Right. And everybody wants to come up, right, Jeff. That's the thing. Everybody thinks, you know, like they, they think sports game and you come in, Hey, I want to pick the winner. Yep. Yep. But what people don't understand is, you know, if you're picking the winner, you know, your odds, the odds are a lot higher. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if you're, if you're picking a favorite, you know, the, the, the sports books will adjust accordingly, you know, so that same $20 bet on the spread, as opposed to the money line, the payouts aren't going to be the same that, that might turn you off, you know, to say, Hey, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. Or, you know what? I'm confident that this team will win by more than three points or won't lose by more than three points, depending on, you know, what you're doing. So I would say is, if you if you have the if you have an app to where you can actually bet through an app as a as opposed to walking up to the sports book for the first time, it makes it easier for you to kind of figure it out on the fly because when you go to the sports book and you're there physically like you gotta know what you're what you're doing you know what i mean you you walk up to the counter and 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 you know when you go to a sports book. You don't say, "Hey, I want the Celtics versus the Suns, and I want to put ten dollars on it." No, when you go to the sports book, the correct way to do that because I this 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 is something I had to learn too through, you know, through the process. You know, in 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 Vegas, they have rotation numbers, right? So when you're at the sports book, right. you notice there's like a number to the left or to the right of the game. It's like one o one or one o two, right? So so you say, "Hey, I want." 101 minus, you know, whatever the uh, you know, you say I want one on one minus three, or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Cause that that that's how they find the games. You know what I mean? You don't go and, and say, I want this team versus this team. Then now you're making it harder for them to try to find that game. You know what I mean? So you you give them the rotation number, you say, Hey, I want this is the rotation right. number and I want this game. And then they ask you, hey, like how much, you know, you, you have to be ready when you get, when you, when you get up to that counter. So I think it's, it's definitely more, uh, uh, difficult to do that in person when you haven't really bet before. Um, I know I experienced that, um, multiple times until I figured it out. You know what I mean? But that was something that you just learned through going through the process, Especially if you start, especially if you're able to bet through your phone, um, in an app, you know, you're just you're just picking the teams. That shit is super convenient so you're just picking by the, the way. No, nah, but it's great to be in the sports book with the app, your phone, and yeah, being able to, yeah, yeah. And, and being able to watch the board at the same time. So, but this is some, but but these are things that you learn, you know, over time. Like if you really want to dabble and be serious in this space.
0: All right. So my next question for you is, again, we're going, we're talking about newcomers. Right. And I mean, I know people use the term, like, talk to me, like I'm a second grader. Like how would you explain to someone who like, we got people who are very like who want to be involved, but they don't know the terminologies. Like, like, like people will hear the word, the terms money line or the spread or same 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 game parlay. Like, like, like. Break, can you break it down? Like the like the the basic terminologies. Nothing nothing crazy. Like we don't want to use like you know backdoor bets and all that shit. Like like basic terminology. What would like for those who want to just walk into a casino right now and try to make a bet right now? What basic terminology would they need to know and understand for them to be successful?
1: I mean, if you if you just understand, you know, the uh, the point spread, money line, and total, um, you know, to, for for starters, and how that and, and 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 how that works, um, I learned through you know other people, you know, our good friend Bobby Luke's, um, you know, when I was first yep. starting off, you know, I asked him many questions you know, I didn't, you know, and if, you know, over time, you know, he would explain, I would Google, like, if I didn't know, you know, I would Google. Um, I think, I think that's the one thing that I would, I will point people towards, um, first to kind of get, you know, the lay of the land and, you know, the term, the the different term, you know, different types of terminology and, um, options that you know are available to you when you when you're about to make a bet i think most people learn from other people you know what i mean so and then you kind of take the initiative on your own to you know do the research and do your due diligence and say okay okay like i need to understand you know what what a spread is you know what i mean so if you're looking at you know a game and you know it's the patriots versus the buffalo bills you see um that plus 3 uh, under under the spread column you see the patriots plus 3 the bills minus 3 the plus 3 means that the patriots are basically getting 3 points so they can't lose that game by more than 3 points so you're adding 3 points to the Patriots, you're, you're adding three points to um, on the Patriots side. That they're, they're, they're now on the other side. The Bills, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're you know they're starting the game off minus three points. So essentially, what that means is is that you see that minus three. That means that that team's is the favorite. Um, they favorite to win that game, and they need to win that game by more than three points. And the patriots being the underdog that plus 3 means that they can't lose that game by more than 3 points um that's that that's you know that's pretty much it in on on a on a high level now if the game let's say the patriots win the game exactly by 3 points that is called a push that means you get you know let's say you risk you know, twenty dollars and the game pushes. The Patriots win that game exactly by three. And you bet the Patriots to win mm-hmm. by more than three, you get your money back. Now the person that bet, you know, on the opposite end that bet that plus three, right, to not lose by more than three points, that first that person is gonna that person is gonna win the bet. So that that's, that's really, that's really how it works. I may, I may have reversed that, um, uh, you know, the example with the teams, but that's essentially, that's essentially how it works in the money line. You're just betting the winner, you know, you're betting the Patriots to win or the bills to win, you know, it's it's straight up. It's very self-explanatory and the total, again, a little bit more, it's you're, you're betting, there's an over or under, and there's one number and you're betting that the total score of the game is either going to be above that number that you see or under that number that you see. Um, And if the number lands exactly on the number that you see, let's say for example, it's 45 and the game lands on 45, then it, then it's a push the same way as if, the team that's favored to win by three points wins by three points. Exactly. You get your money back. It's that works the same way on the total. But, you know, if you say I, if you bet the under and it's 44 points or, you know, you bet the over and it's 46 and above, then you win your bet. So I would those are the three, you know, main, um, those are the three main things that I would, uh, you know, i would focus on in the beginning if you're gambling to try to understand um how those things work okay but
0: i uh, i mean i mean i know i, I know i understand all that stuff cuz you you've you've taught it to me and brought it up pretty easily like i said explain to me like i'm a, like i'm in second grade like <laughs> explain to me like i'm 4 years old like straightforward and you and you would give me an example You'd show it to me and all that good stuff, but yeah. the, I think one of the, the major things that's confusing to some people is the money they'll re- they're gonna win from it. So, like, they look at, for example, I'm looking at the Rams Bengals game for the Super Bowl. They got the Rams yeah. minus yeah. four in the spread, but then you see a number underneath it that says minus one twelve. Explain that to the those who are listening. What that would that how that is broken down
1: as far as how much you're going to win and all that good stuff. Okay. So the, so that when you see that minus that minus minus one twelve in your example, so you're betting, you know, it, it, to, to make it easier, you're betting, let's say you're betting a hundred, let's say you're betting, you know, a hundred dollars, you know, in that, in that world, you're betting $112 to win a hundred dollars. Or in other words, you're betting $1 and 12 cents to win a dollar, Right. So that's 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 really what it is. So now when you start mm-hmm. going into different denominations of 20, 25, 5, 10, 15, that's when like when you have the app and you just plug the number in there and it tells you exactly what, you know, it calculates, you know, what the payouts going to be based off what you're risking. Um, so that's that that, you know, on a high level, that's what that pretty much explains. Um, but the books also have to make money. Right. So that minus 110. So typically you risk, you know, you would see a bet that would be, you know, plus 100. That's even money. That basically means I bet a dollar, I get a dollar back. But you typically don't see those unless you it's a live bet or, you know, it's um a prop or, you know, or you're betting an underdog that, you know, that that the probability of them winning is 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 low. Um, or if you find an edge, that the sports book think it's 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 low, but you may have an edge to where you think that you can hit that bet. Uh-huh. So when you see a minus one ten, that ten cents is basically what the book is take is is what is is the sports books um taking that bet. You know what I mean? Cause they they're running it to make money, right? I mean you're gonna hit the bet or you're not gonna hit the bet. But every time you make a bet, they're gonna they're gonna take a piece of that pie, right? So that's that's called a VIG, right? So and then let's say you see like right. in, in your example, you see that minus 112. Now on the flip side, if you saw plus one twelve or plus money, that's basically saying, you know, it works the opposite way. So you bet a dollar, and you see it says plus one twelve. You're basically betting a dollar to win a dollar twelve, right? Or you're winning, or you're betting a hundred dollars, right, to win one twelve. So if it's it's in the reverse, um, so that's that's how I would explain it. Um, there's a lot of resources on the web out there that nowadays, because sports gambling is becoming more and more prevalent, that um, I would advise everyone to take a look at and um, just kind of educate themselves a little bit more. But that's, you know, my, my way to explain it on, you know, on a, on a, on a high level. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I know when I first saw, saw that, and I'm like, I don't understand this shit. Like, can you explain it to me? And and when, when it was broken down and like you said, you just put, you could put your, your total amount that you want to put in and it'll give you, it'll tell you what you're going to win. And plus, you win your money back on top of that. So, I mean, but like you said, this is not a get rich quick scheme. And I know, I know, the misconception is a lot of people will go on to like Bleacher Report and they'll see somebody drop five dollars on a parlay of fuck uh, a seven leg parlay, and then they think they're gonna always win on those seven leg parlays. It's not that's not really the case. That that that's that's like a that's like no. one one in a million type of deal.
1: Yeah, like, remember back in the day, you would, you know, you would get those little, you know, the the cards, and you would get all your lines, all your NFL lines, all, you know, college basketball, NFL, and you would be, you would just Mm -hmm. check off the winners, and you're like, hey, like, it would tell you, you know, like, I want one game, you know, two game parlay, three game parlay, four game parlay, and you're like, shit, like, I'm trying to come up, you know what I mean? So you're going to automatically, like, you don't know what you're doing, like, you're trying to, you're trying to bet $10 to win 100 you know, like that's, 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 you know, right. That's, that's most beginners downfall that like, they're not in it for the long run. Like they think they're going to bet parlays and be consistent and be able to make a profit. But that's how Vegas was built. You know, s- sports books, that's why they promote these same game parlays and they want you to parlay everything. Um, And they, and they, and they push that out there, you know, because, you know, the probability of you hitting those bets are very, very, very low. You know, like, like I tell everybody, like, this is, it's, this is, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You slowly build, build, and build and build, you know, and that's where bankroll management comes in. Meaning, you know, let's say you decide, you know, Hey, I want to start off with a hundred dollars. Right. So now you have this hundred dollar pop, right. You don't want to be betting 25, 50, you know, 60, whatever it is. You don't want to bet your whole, what you're calling your bankroll, the money that you can spend on one game. You want to typically bet, you know, Mm -hmm. 2%, 2% of your bankroll. Now I know that might seem low for most people, but that's uh, like, I'm giving, I'm giving, you know, giving everyone like, this is how you would consistently, if you're going to do this and make a living off this and, do it seriously that's how um you know that's what you're taught and that's how you know most s- professional sports gamblers operate you know uh you definitely have to you know it's money management you know sometimes hey you want to put a little bit more in a game that you that you feel confident in fine you know what i mean and it happens you know you just you know there's been many times where you know i have a huge bankroll and I'll, you know, I'll bet $50, $100, you know, I want to get in it. I had no business doing that, but I will. But, but sometimes, you know, you get emotional in it. You know, you lose money and you want to make it back. And it's it's this whole, you know, it goes full circle. So I think over time, as right. you lose money and make money, you know, you find this balance and you have to just basically have that bankroll management and just understand that, you like if you want to not be depositing money in the sports book or you don't want to owe your bookie money, if you have, you know, an app on the side, you need to be able to control your bankroll. You know, you need to be able to you know say, Hey, you know what? I took an L today. Like I'm done. You know, I can't, I can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? So money management, you know, bankroll management is a huge thing and not betting more then what you can afford to lose, like those two things to start off. Like if you can start off like that, then you're already winning in a sense. Um, and it just goes back to what I was saying. Just start off small, you know, and then then work your way up and kind of feel it out and see if it's for you or not.
0: Right. And I mean, one other thing I wanted to talk about, like, um, besides getting into uh, before we get into the game real fast, um, when it comes to for like for you for like, let's let's say let's speak about for you example like i know we talked about this earlier but um if you're getting into it and you if it's readily available um what's, do you do you, uh, do you like recommend that people have multiple sports books or stick to what they
1: have yes i yeah it's always you know you know with the legalization of sports books um in the states you know different states have multiple sports books um, and some only have one or maybe two um, you should always have multiple options because those lines that you see you know those money lines those totals those spreads that you see can be different across multiple sports books right so it's like why why would I want to take a number on one sports book um, th- that you know, if I had multiple sports books and there was a better number on another sports books, I, I I always want the better number. Your goal is always to get the best number, meaning, you know, you always want the best spread, you know, the best total, the best money line. If you're betting props, you know, the yards, you know, points, um, you know, et cetera. So you always want to get the best number. Um. So, you know, so you want to have multiple options um, and you want to have, you know, um, money in multiple, you know, sports books so that, you know, you can make those bets and, and to make sure that you have the edge. Right. So that's, that, that's what it's all about. Like, you know, getting the edge over the sports book, right. So some sports books are slower to update based off of, you know, injuries, um, data, you know, day to day stuff, you know, sometimes, you know, some sports books are are slower to update sometimes, there's sports books out there that will release lines, like basically games that you can bet sooner than other sports books. Um, so by the time, you know, he, those lines show up on another sports book, they may be different. And they're, you know, and, and, and nine times out of 10, they're always different and they're different at different times. So it's good to have options. It, it, it It's, it's to your benefit that you have those options. So you're getting the best number.
0: Okay, okay. Um I uh, good. That's I mean that's good insight and I, I I know. I mean it's it was a you know, like I said, it's general questions. I mean, there's a lot of folks that um if if they end up listening to this podcast episode, they're gonna they don't they don't have an I a a simple idea of how sports gambling or sports betting works and, and this is something, you know, just like the legalization of marijuana. Sports betting is going to be in. I think. I think I saw something say like thirty states. Um, there's thirty states doing sports betting. Three years ago or four years ago, it was only Vegas. (laughs) Which is which is insane, and and it's and it's and it's a profitable. It's a profitable, a profitable um business right now. So um, but yeah, I wanted to also get into uh this week's games. I, I mean I'm 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 going to also I want to get you into speaking on more of these um like we're gonna talk about what's the locks for the weekend and all that good stuff, but that's something we're gonna work in working in the future. But for this game here, um mm-hmm. I'm trying to log in right now to FanDuel and um to see the, the numbers mm-hmm. real quick. So bear with me for a second. But um, like I said, we have they they have they they've already started off with minus four. Um, obviously the the Rams are favorite. Um, where are you angling towards right now? Who are you angling towards?
1: I mean, I again, you know, like we discussed outside the uh, the green room uh, chat, I'm just just starting to kind of figure out where you know where I'm going to lean in this game, and if I'm picking the side, um, meaning the spread. I'm leaning towards the ramps. Um, I just think that they have the advantage um, on the defensive line over the Bengals' offensive line. Um, I think that's going to dictate the game. Um, I think the if you look at, you know, who the Bengals have uh, played, I think the Bengals, you know, have overachieved in a sense. I think they're getting a little bit too much love. Um, if you look at who... who if you look at the, at, at their quality of opponents mm-hmm. um, prior to, you, you know, the playoffs, you know, they haven't really played too many top um, uh, defensive ranked teams. Um, I mean, you can go in and you can, you know, and do your due diligence and look at, you know, the stats and, and, and et cetera and see, you know, and kind of form, formulate your own opinion but you know, when it comes to sports gambling, like you're creating a narrative based off of, you know, you know, your, your data, you know, you know, how you, how you look at the game, how you analyze it, the numbers, um, et cetera. So it's always going to be skewed towards, you know, um, what you want the outcome to be. Um, so I think that's where the game's going to be decided. And, um, I think if the Rams uh, can uh, rush and establish a run game against the Bengals, I think the pass rush is going to be there for the Rams. Um, I think, you know, they'll force Joe Burrow into situations where where he has to throw the ball. Um, And I think the Rams are equipped to um, stop that. In a sense, or defend it very well, um, but I think if you know, right. if the Rams don't overthink this game and they and they and they come out and they come Which out very they could, on, you know, on all cylinders like they did against the Bucks, um, you know, I think they could win this game by a touchdown or more. Um, very, very, very easily. Um, right. You know, McVeigh's been here before against against the Pats and couldn't score. You know, so right. um, I think if you if there's anything that he learned is you can't take your foot off the gas, especially with this with this uh, with this um, Bengals team, uh, Chiefs. Same thing. Huge lead, this you know first half, um, and then just got conservative didn't establish the run, um, and and you know, to their demise. And if you look at what the Rams did against the Bucks, same thing, you know, they they just allowed them to get back into the game. That should have been a double digit win. Um, so I think if the Rams can run the ball, you know, and just establish the run. It'll open them up for the play action uh, pass, which they're very successful in um, with ODB and um, and Cooper cup. I think, you know, I think they will, I think they just have to come out from the beginning and establish themselves. I mean, I like, you know, just off rip, you know, I like, you know, I like the Rams um, first half uh, team total, meaning that, you know, this is how many points the Rams are going to score in the first and second quarter. Um, I like them over 13 and a half. I like them to score 14 points in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see a path to the Rams minus three first half, you know, where they're up in the game by, you know, three points over the bangles. Um, I think as long as they put the bangles in a situation to where, um, they're one dimensional and have to throw um, throw the ball to win the game. I think as, 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 as far as, you know, research that I've done, um, the Rams have an excellent run defense. So it's going to be hard for, you know, the Bengals to run against the Rams. It's going to be hard for them to pass. I mean, I just, you know, it, yeah. it's going to,
0: it's going to, it's going to be a long game for the Bengals if they can't find some type of establishment on the, in the run game or even, Get Correct. positive yards in the pass game.
1: Correct, and I just, I just feel like if the Rams can make them one dimensional, but make them one dimensional, but still control the clock and you know keep them off the field and not let the, and not let their foot off the gas, I think they can win this game very easily.
0: Right, because from from what it looked like throughout the season, the Bengals were a boomer boomer bus team. That's why their record was what it was, and the the boom was whenever Chase was really. I I, I want to I wish I could see the total his the analytics on his num the their their win and loss record when he's gotten seventy seventy five 75 yards receiving and a touchdown in one game um in in the games they've played so cuz I want to I cuz I could see what they're successful when he's up but when he's getting blanketed and he, you know he's going to be cut, guarded by uh Jalen Ramsey most of the game it's going to be a long day cuz even though T Higgins is a very good second option and then Tyler Boyd is your slot and then you know obviously Mixon has played well mo- majority of the season you, that's the guy Chase is the guy he he gets them up you know what I mean if he if he's not able to you know blow the top off their their defense it's going to it's def- like you said it's definitely going to be a a long night for um the Bengals and they're going to end up being one dimensional yeah i just think you know they they've
1: made you know they've they've you know Hey, listen, credit, give credit to where credit's due. You know, they've definitely earned the right to be where they're at now. But I think that the, you know, that the buck stops here. You know, I think they finally meet their match. Um, A team that can, you know, exploit, you know, where they're, you know, exploit their weaknesses. And um, I think a lot of people um, are not giving enough credit to uh to the rams i think if you look at most of the public like you know we're you know we're talking about people that don't really um follow football or just follow gambling in a sense you know they're you know people think you know they it's 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 recency bias right so the, like hey the Bengals have made it all the way up until this point you know I'm going to rock, I'm yeah. going to rock out with them. You know what I mean? Until the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? That doesn't make, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, that they're the right side, you know, that that's the team that you should be picking to win. So, um, you know, and, you know, and, and I, I think sports gambling in general is, is, is like that, you know, you have your people that, you know, you have that the one demographic or group of people that are like, serious and analyze the games and will you know make their decisions based off of that then you have the public but that but that's you know but that's but that's the name of the game you know that's that's the way you know you know that's how they formulate you know line movement you know if one team is getting more bets than others they'll you know change a line um you know so that the other team um, is getting more points, or the other team is getting less points. Um, so it's just it's it's just trying to find your edge, you know, trying to find that number to where you know um, you you think, and based off of all your research and what you're and what you've been doing um, to formulate to get to that opinion, or you know, or in your handicapping of the game, you know, it's always about getting to that number. Um, to where you feel as though you have the edge to actually win your bet. Um, so there's a lot of things that I'm still, you know, learning when it comes to that, like just an, an analyzing data and edges and, and stats and, you know, and things like that, you know, to try to come up with um, a number and, you know, or in a, to to make a decision, you know, one way or the other, you know, and that takes time. And I, and I don't think a lot of, you know, most recreational bettors, like they're just pulling up like, oh, you know, you're at home or you're out. You're like, hey, right. I want to bet this team to win. And you're just betting it. You're not thinking like about anything else. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, will they win this game by more than three points? Sure. Yeah. Boom. Then you're done. But you're not thinking about how they got to that number. You know, what they're, you know, how they, you know, in in, in previous matchups, you know, what the scores were for those games, what the spread was for those games, like what position are they in? Are they in a back-to-back? Are they in a bad spot depending on the score? Injuries, are they, you know, is this, you know, um, a revenge game, you know, which, you know, I I, uh, I, I like to harp on, you know. Yeah, you're you're big on that. (laughs) There's a lot of, you know, there's different motivations, you know, and these players have different motivations because they're not going to show up for Mm -hmm. every game. You know, so you know, depending on the sport, you know, you have those. Right. You have multiple things you need to take into account. But if you're just like pulling up your phone and you're saying, "Hey, I'm going to take this, I'm going to bet this team to win," without taking that stuff into account, then that's fine. You can do that too, and you might win. You might, you know. yeah, I mean, yeah, the well, like yeah, yeah you're and, lose, and that, you know, and that's and and that's the
0: thing every, to anybody who's listening. And that's the thing. He's not saying he's not saying to go and be completely politically correct with everything. You could absolutely do as you please. <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? You, might, you might hit, you might get your bet, but the likelihood is still very slim. I'm sure if you looked up the probability of some of these bets, they're, they're, they still could be slim. That's why they're bets. <laughs> there's, there's a good chance you may not win it. But if you do win it, props to you and salute. But don't think you're going to hit it again, hit that same bet again the yep. next time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, like this is not a get rich scheme. You're gonna have your ups and downs. You're gonna be, you know, you'll have your hit a stride to where, you know, you're making money and then you just hit a bad spot, then you get some L's and it's a it's a it's an emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster. But that's why you gotta that's that's one of the constant battles is not trying to chase like if you you know, you lost fifty dollars or a hundred dollars in one day. And now you're trying to find a way to make that money back in the same day, like just take it out, you know, just find the next day, there might be a better game to where you have a better at, you know, to where you can find an edge or, you know, based off of your research where you, where there's a high probability to, you know, where you can win, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, it's the constant, there's that constant battle um, with that. So you know, again, it's just, you know, I, I would I know I keep on saying this, but just you gotta start off slow, you know, and just experiment for a little bit before you before you dive before you dive right. right in. Yeah, before you
0: go head first and everything. Um, all right, cool. So I mean we're gonna we're gonna get to the end of this and I wanna definitely um get to the uh, original point, which is giving the people what your locks of the weekend, especially, well, more or less for the locks of the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you what your locks are for the Super Bowl, and I'm also going to ask you what your locks are for any props as well.
1: Okay, and are we basing this off of FanDuel? Uh, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll base it off FanDuel. I think I, I just looked at it as well. I know we talked about this. FanDuel and... DraftKings are virtually identical. Um the odds are a little bit different. Just a, just slightly different by a few point for a few uh numbers off, but um we'll we'll base it off FanDuel. We can we can base it off FanDuel.
1: Okay. Um again, I think I, I think I kind of uh touched upon what I what I like um I think my um I am definitely a, on the um, Rams side um, for, for this game, so I will take the Rams minus the three and a half or four, whatever you can get. And just understand that these these numbers change. You know, we we can be giving what we want now, or or you know, giving our opinion and what we think. Uh, uh you know, what the line is currently um, based off of the line of you know, based on our opinion and it could be minus four, it could be the minus three and a half tomorrow. Um, but I, I don't think it's, I think these numbers will be in between three and a half and four. Um, but for, you know, the green room, um, purposes of this conversation, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll go with the Rams minus three and a half or four. I think the Rams win this game by a touchdown. Um, The other bet that I like is the, um, if we're looking at FanDuel, um, I think I touched upon it. The Rams team total, um, let's see here. And that's 13 and a half. I take the over meaning that they're going to score over 13 and a half points, meaning they're going to score two touchdowns or more. So the, so you, you got the Rams scoring
0: virtually 14 points in the first half. The Correct. First half. I like that bet.
1: Correct. I like that. I like uh-huh. that lock a lot. I like both those locks. Definitely. Correct. And I mean, you can also, you you can also take them minus three in the first half. And the great thing about it is you can, you can say, Hey, you know what? I think the Rams start off fast and you know, they go up in the first half. And then after that, you don't have to bet the rest of the game. You know, you don't have to bet, uh, the Rams minus 4 uh for the complete game you can just you know you you can do these first half bets and be done and just watch the rest of the game that's that's the beauty about sports That's
0: the beauty of it it's, yep. it's, you, you you can focus on the game on and as a, be
1: a fan yeah absolutely Enjoy. absolutely 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 so um you know those i would say those are my top 3 um bets for this game jeff um i don't know that i have any particular uh props just yet. Um I would say I would say if I'm gonna I, I would say it, if it, I'm it, gonna it. if I'm going to mm-hmm. um bet any props I would probably be looking at the Bangles under rushing um rushing props. Um whether that's Joe Mixon um whether it's the entire you know just in general Russian props for the entire team. I just don't think that they're going to be able to establish to run this game. Um, and um, I think if you're going to take any props, okay. um, serious props or not serious props, I mean, it's it's up to you. I think that like the, that's the best thing about the super bowl is that you, 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 you get props for stuff that you don't normally get for like, betting NFL games. So you can have fun with it. You can bet $5, $10, what yeah. $2, whatever it is like you can you can bet like 10 15 different props you know, because they have so many options. So this is not like we can't we're not having like the same conversation yep. that we would be having on props if it was a regular NFL. Yeah, so that's why like I haven't really got there this regular so many.
0: season, yeah. Um cuz I cuz I know I know the most popular prop bets during the Super Bowl are MVP, coin toss, uh whether or not there's going to be a safety in the game, uh predicting the game total, like the total the, the actual points of, of both teams, those are the most popular ones usually um in sports book and I know probably the second most popular thing to do during the Super Bowl money wise if you're betting is like squares. Some people do squares to predict the end of a uh, quarter scores and shit like that.
1: But um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you can do like today I was hearing, you know, like like there's a lot of there's a lot of trends like when you when you when you start looking into all this stuff like you'll you'll get into a situation where you'll see like, you know, you start reading articles, listening to podcasts and um YouTube Super Bowl breakdowns or whatever. You'll you'll hear like a lot of trends. Like I was hearing a trend today of you know, will there be a, a touchback to start the game? I mean, so, <laughs> and we definitely seen that a few years ago with um, Peyton Manning, like you know, and I think, and I think the probability of there being a touchback, I think, is higher than someone actually returning that first kick. And it was based off of I heard like you know, I think they referenced like Pat Pat McAfee. He was saying that you know that ball that they use to uh that they use on that first kickoff is is they take that ball and they you know they basically put in the hall of fame or they they basically you know that's the ball that they use to kind of so that ball is not broken in the same way as a regular ball that that a kicker would actually kick, right? So it's fresh out the bag, they put it in place, kick it off, boom, that ball's not used anymore. So it's like, it's like little things like that, that like, you would never like really, you know, God. you would never really think of that. Like, you know, there's all these different trends. There's the, what is it? The, uh, the, uh, uh, national anthem, how long the national anthem is going to go. For? Yeah. 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 Gatorade or, or, you know, it's going to be poured on, uh, the winning team and stuff like that. So yeah, there's all these things. And what I would say is just have fun with it. Um, you know, especially for the Super um, because there's so many different options and, you know, and, and I would say, you know, come up with an amount you want to, you want to commit to, to bet on the game and just spread it across multiple, um, props and just have fun with it. If, you know, you might win some, you might lose some, but again, just, you know, make sure it's not any money that you would, you know, not be willing to lose, you know, so that's all I I'd say. Yeah. Man. Yep. Yep. Good
0: point. Good point. Yeah. I must say, my my locks for this. I only got two. Mine is mine is definitely yeah. the minus four for the game, for the Rams. I, you know, I'm big. I'm definitely big on them. I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. If it wasn't the Packers, um, obviously. Um, but um, but you already know this. But I'm gonna tell everybody else. Okay. I picked um, um, Aaron Donald to win the Super Bowl MVP, which yeah. Now it's at plus fourteen hundred. I don't know if it was fourteen hundred before, but um, let me see. I I placed that bet with DraftKings. Actually,
1: yep. I think think another. I think another popular uh, prop bet is like you know you you get Cooper Cup to uh, anytime touchdown to score a touchdown. Odell Beckham. Oh yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Anytime touchdown. Um, you know, like like things like that. Um, that you can actually bet on. So I just think people just need to be mindful of what they can and cannot bet on there again there's so many options like if you're in the app and you just go to like that Super Bowl section you'll see all these you know you'll see all the all of these props so um you know just take your time go through it you know have fun with it you know just you know if 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 we're talking about the Super Bowl have fun with it you know there may be things that you're confident in and you want to you know bet a little bit more on those things and go ahead you know go for it you know just be mindful of, of uh you know what you're you know what you're spending and uh make sure you're not you know trying to get rich off the super bowl cuz it's you know <laughs> <laughs> right and if you do get rich off the super bowl and and you and
0: you took his advice or or you took my 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 locks or his locks uh we will take a 1% uh transaction uh, yeah, fee absolutely. on that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but <laughs> um but yeah swing swing a tip but I uh, appreciate you for chopping it up, bro. We're definitely gonna do this again. It would probably be a little bit more organized. We we had a little bit of trouble getting into the room, uh, a little bit longer than we needed it to be, but uh, definitely was uh, good to chop it up. And I think this is it was really insightful. And I think a lot of people will uh, who are listening will um, take 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 everything they can from this because I, I know I definitely have people who listen from different states that are able to bet, so they'll be able to. Take advantage of this um, good information. Yes, yeah, sir. All right, my brother. I appreciate you, my dude. You
1: already know, man. All right. All thank right, you. For, thank you for chiming in. All right. all right. This
0: goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, uh-huh. and of course, yeah. athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a Y'all, y'all, some get a little. I'm getting nice